0: finally move on your behalf. Amen. And so if you have those prayer needs, be sure to do that. Also, the app that Pastor Jimmy talked about, you can go on there and you can place a prayer request there and immediately goes to our prayer team so that they can pray with you about every situation and need that you have in your life. Amen. We believe we don't just talk about prayer, but we believe prayer really does work. I said prayer really does work. Amen. Praise God. Amen. The last couple of weeks, we've been talking about uncaged Christianity. Today, I want to finish this series, this message. And uh, and today, I want to uh, just look back over the last couple of weeks, first of all, and how that uh, we talked about the first week stepping out on a maybe. A lot of times we think that uh, God is just going to uh, give us specific instructions that have no chance of failing. But how many know if that were true, that would not be faith? Amen. But he gives us a thought. He gives us direction. He gives us one word. Right? And we step out on that maybe And as we are faithful in stepping out on that that he gives us, then he gives us the rest. Amen? And it's step by step. And so we talked about that the first week. And then last week we talked about how that we are kings in a cage. God has called us to be kings and priests unto our God, right? And yet we have lived in this cage and we have been... Bound by guilt and feeling in uh, underqualified, we have felt wrong assumptions as held us back. We've allowed fear to hold us in the cage. But I want to talk to you this morning about the cost of the cage, because there is a cost to the cage. And uh, in Ezekiel chapter nineteen and verse number nine, uh, Ezekiel, as we read last week, is describing Israel. And he is saying there in verse number 9, they put him, speaking of Israel, in a cage with chains and brought him to the king of Babylon. They brought him in nets that his voice should no longer be heard on the mountains of Israel. Here in this 19th chapter, Ezekiel describes Israel as at one time he said, you not only pursued your enemy, but you overtook your enemy. You, you won every battle. You roared, and the roar would paralyze your enemy. But he says, but today you have been taken captive, Israel. They have taken and silenced your voice. They have put you in a cage and put chains around you to keep you hostage and keep you bound. There is a great loss when you live your life in a cage. Satan knows this and the, what, what he does is every time that you begin to rise up and do something of significance in your life, he will try to put chains upon you and bring you into a place of engagement. Where that you feel as though, as we dealt with that last week, you feel as though that you cannot because of this and because of that. Amen. Until we we come to this place that we feel like we have a job to do, we feel like we have a purpose in life, we feel like that God wants us to do something, but yet we feel as though that we're in this cage and we cannot get out. Amen. God has given us purpose. But can I tell you, until we realize there is a cost to living in the cage, we will be satisfied with living there the rest of our lives. Amen. What we see here is the plight of uh, of the Jews. We see this timeline of Ezekiel, and God is telling Israel that he himself is a lion. And that he has created them to be a lion also. God created them to be free. God created them to be powerful. He said in the beginning you were free. In the beginning you were mighty and your roar would paralyze your enemy. You were unstoppable, There was, but now there came a lack of trust, now there came compromise. And as a result you have now become a lion that is in a cage. You, you used to roar, you used to, to roam, you used to have an overwhelming sensation to your enemy. But now your enemy doesn't, you don't bring fear to your enemy any longer. You you don't cause them to be paralyzed, you because you yourself have become bound and broken. Amen. God uses Ezekiel to describe this that we may understand the cost of the cage. Amen. It is a terrible thing to see a lion in a cage. It is a terrible thing to see something so masculine and so powerful. To be brought down to being put into a confined area. Amen. The enemy wants to give you to be satisfied with living in constraints. He wants you to be satisfied with living, even though God has called you to be majestic. Even though he has called you to be a lion that walks with authority and roars with power. The enemy has brought you into a place where that you're bound and constrained in these chains and in this cage. And if you're not careful, you'll be satisfied with that. But you've got to have something down inside of you that says, I'm not going to stay in this cage the rest of my life. I'm not going to stay bound to this mindset. I'm not going to be, st- I just feel like I'm talking to somebody today. Not Maybe not everybody, but somebody in this house today says, I'm not going to settle for being bound in a cage any longer. But I'm going to live the life that God has ordained for me to live. Amen. And that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at what the, the lion loses when he is in a cage and relate that to our personal relationship with God. Number one, the lion loses mobility in the cage. When the lion is loose, when you study it, it, it they say that the lion will, uh, will move around as much as 100 miles in circumference. That must seem like uh, that it is limitless to an animal to be able to move a hundred miles in circumference and to be able to go wherever they want to go only to come to a place where that they're caged in an eight by eight cell. He goes from living very big, in a very big world to living in a very small world. Caged Christians are living in a very small world. Many believe that this cage is is just part of life. It's part of just, you know, it, it becomes normal to them. Amen. When it comes to their purpose, when it comes to the plan of God for their lives, it is not to live in limitations. It is not to live in a cage, confined place. But God has created you to soar the mountains spiritually. He has created you that you can roam the majestic realms of the Spirit and understand that He is an awesome God. Amen. And know Him in such a way that you realize there is nothing to hard that God cannot do. Amen. But we allow the enemy to cage us in with guilt and fear and worry and unforgiveness. Amen. And we know that this mentality, this mindset binds us up. And you you live in this cage in a world that is very small. When you think small, you become comfortable with small. We become okay with a church that isn't living, that isn't growing. We become comfortable with a place where lives are not being changed and added to the kingdom of God. We become comfortable with the kingdom being small. Amen. We become comfortable with maintaining what we've got and somehow think God is okay with that. We say, well, we're just being faithful. But you see, when Jesus went to the man who was faithful with the talent, but didn't use the talent, we call him faithful. But Jesus called him wicked. Amen. Why? Because his mindset was, I'll just hold on to what I've got. If I just maintain what I have, the master will be pleased when he comes back. But God, when he he spoke, he did not call him faithful. He said, you're a wicked servant. Why? Because you live within the confines of this cage. Your mindset becomes small and you just held on to what you have. But you see, you live in with great limitations. God is not pleased with that. He don't want you to maintain. God has not called you to be in the maintenance business. He has called you to multiply the kingdom of God. And you can do it. I said you can do it. It's in you. God has created you with more than enough to do the job of the kingdom and to impose the kingdom of God upon this earth. Don't you settle. Don't you maintain. But enforce the kingdom of God in your life and say I refuse to be bound in this small mindset. I am believing God for greatness in my life. Amen. Jesus didn't die on the cross so you can maintain. I'm preaching better than you letting on today. I said he didn't die upon that cross, pay that awesome price so you could climb up the rough side of the mountain. He didn't he didn't die on a cross and pay the price and go through the shame and the humility and all of the pain so we could hold the fort till he comes. He died upon a cross, paid the price, so you could be free from the mindset of small thinking, and you could understand the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everyone that dwells therein. He gave us a price so we can live free. He paid the price so we could walk in victory in every arena of our lives. Amen. I was at a theme park, and the kids, it was a few years ago, they were smaller, and they got on one of these little things, you know, turned them around and all of that. And uh, I'm not big on themes, parks, I'll go watch you. But I ain't getting on none of that mess. And so I was watching them. And I wasn't even on the thing, but the, the, it, it annoyed me. Because all the time they were there spinning around, they were singing, It's a small world after all. It's a small... I Shut up. It just... <laughs> I hate that song. Hate isn't even a good word. <laughs> I despise it more than that. Because it really isn't a small world. But our mindset is it's a small world. Amen. I don't want anything to do with a small world. I want my mindset to be large because we serve a large God. Amen. I want those strongholds to be broken off of my life so that I can see what God is seeing. I can begin to believe for what God has in store for us. Because you see, God didn't say it's a small world. He said, eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard, neither is it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has in store for those who believe, praise God. You see, it's a large place. I said it is a large place. You see, I can listen to people talk and I can tell you how big their life is. I can tell you how big their world is. I can tell you if they're living in a cage or they're living free by just listening to them talk. For me, you got to go big or go home. Amen. Go big or go home. Paul tells us in Philippians four and thir- uh, four, uh, excuse me, Philippians three and verse fourteen. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. This word press here means to run after, to pursue, to experience freedom. And Paul was saying, I'm pursuing, I'm running after, I'm refusing to stay where I am, and I will not be bound up. This leads us to our second problem with being in a cage. We lose our pursuit. We lose the ability to pursue in the cage. Can you imagine a lion going from being able to roam in a hundred mile circumference to going into a confined place of pacing eight feet one way and eight feet the other? This would be very hard to no longer be able to pursue the things of value. Everyone should be in pursuit of something. Pursuit, by definition, is to chase after in order to obtain or to accomplish a goal. Why is the loss of pursuit so damaging to a Christian? It's because God's plan requires pursuit. I said God's plan for your life requires you to pursue after something. Some folks act like it's just going to sneak up on you and whoops, there it is. Amen. Amen. Some folks act like God's going to send it via airmail, It's just going to drop out of the sky. But if you're going to accomplish what God has in store for your life, you've got to get up off of your blessed assurance and do some hard work. Amen. You got to go to work. You've got to work towards your goal. You've got why? Because God said he would bless the work of your hands, not the setting of your seat but the work of your hands. And so it is in the working of your hands that God will bring about his purpose. There ought to be something that you're pursuing. God's plan is all mapped out, but you've got to walk it out. You've got to do something to accomplish the plan of God for your life. In Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, it said, Now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from the place of your father's house to a land that I will show you. God is telling Abraham, get out. In other words, I've got more for you than this. I know that you, you are, this is normal to you. I know that you're in the land that you was born in. I know you're comfortable where you are. But Abe, I've got more than this. Now get up and get out of here. In other words, he's saying, pursue what I have for your life. Amen. Don't be satisfied with what you have had. Don't be satisfied with what you have become comfortable with because I've got something better for you just on the other side of that mountain. I've got something better for you than where you have lived all of your life. If you just get up and begin to pursue it. I've got something greater. You, you won't imagine, Abraham, what I've got for you, but you can't get it where you are. You've got to get up and pursue. The blessing of God for your life. We are not where I have planned for you to be, Abraham. So get up and get out. I have called you, but I haven't called you to settle, Abraham. I have called you to take the territory that your eyes have not yet seen. Get up out of your comfort zone. Get up out of your cage and begin to pursue the purpose that I have for your life. You see, the price of God's plan being fulfilled in your life is that of pursuing. If you do not pursue, you will never have victory in your life. You will never fulfill the purpose of God. A lion only pursues what he's hungry for. And we have got to a place where we're satisfied with them throwing us a slab of meat. Oh, just hold on till Jesus comes. It'll be better in the by and by. Oh, if we can just hold on. I know it's troubled times, but just hold on. Oh, the devil is a liar. God hasn't called us to sit here and hold on. Yes, it will be better in the by and by. But what about the nasty now? Amen. I believe that God is greater than the circumstance. But I've got to pursue. I've got to pursue my purpose. I've got to pursue my destiny. I've got to pursue that that God has for me. And I will not do that if I'm not hungry for it. That by David said as a deer pants after the water's brook. Yet my soul longs after you oh God. Are you hungry for the things of God? Are you pursuing the things of God? Is there something stirring on the inside of you. That says I'm thankful for where I am. But there's more to God than what I've got. Something tells me. Amen. That there's still something that I have not obtained. Oh my God. There is something that God can do that I have not yet seen there is something that God has for me that I have not yet tasted and I'm longing for it I'm hungry for it I'm passionate for it I'm going to pursue it with everything that is within me oh I wish somebody would give him praise here this morning you see whenever you get hungry the cage can contain you no longer I said, when you really get hungry, the cage can contain you no longer. You will find a way out. Like Abraham, you're ready to leave your family. You're ready to leave your country. You're saying, I'm leaving this cage of familiarity. I'm leaving my comfort zone. I'm leaving that which has become a routine to me. And I'm stepping out on my maybe. And I'm believing, God, that I will obtain everything that God has for me. If there's nothing stirring on the inside of you, you will never break out of the cage. As long as you're comfortable in the cage, you will never make any changes to come out of the cage. But God hasn't called you to survival. He has called you to greatness. And I've come today to call the greatness out of you. I've come to stir up a hunger on the inside of you and tell you there really is more for you. There really is more for your family. There really is more than what you have pursued, but you've got to get up out of the comfort zone and you've got to pursue after the things of God. I refuse to live in a cage. The third thing that the lion loses when he is in a cage is the lack of progress. Have you watched the lion in the cage? He'll pace. Only to turn and pace. And pace. Pace. There was a a time whenever I went to I don't know if it was a zoo or where it was at but it was i know we were somewhere one day and i watched these lions there was one that was sitting there pacing back and forth back and forth and there was another one laying over there just licking his chops and i asked that keeper i said what's the difference between these two how come one won't sit down and the others laying down over there just happy as a hog and slop i don't know if he knew my country vernacular or not but he got the message, I guess. He told me, he said, that lion was raised here. But he said, that one there, it was hurt in, in, out in the wild. And we brought it here and nursed it back to health. And said, now, even though that, it is it, that we've nursed it back to health, it still wants to pray. It still wants to run. It still wants to go places. And David said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Whenever you've tasted the things of God, when you've tasted of His mercy, when you've tasted of salvation, when you've tasted of the joy of the Lord and the strength of God, you will not be satisfied in a cage. Amen? But I want to tell you, they would pace that cage, exhaust themselves of their energy, but nothing is happening. They're not going anywhere. That's the reason I hate a treadmill. I know y'all don't care, but I just have to get it out. I hate a treadmill. Because I get on that treadmill and it wears my knees out. After I get on it, I can't walk for two days. Number one. Number two, I walk on it for three miles and the scenery never changes. Everything's still the same. The third reason that I hate it is after I've walked three miles, I get off at the same place I got on. And I am totally exhausted. Have you ever said, I'm busy, but nothing's happening? Have you ever said, I'm trying my best, I'm fighting, I'm doing all I can? But yet your family still acting crazy. They're still lacking your finances. Nothing is changing in your life. The scenery is not changing. You feel like you're going nowhere and spiritually you're exhausted. Amen. God's plan for your life is that you make progress. But the enemy, whenever he puts that lion in a cage, it it causes him to not make progress any longer. And that's what he wants to do to you. He wants to put you in a cage and limit you so that you will not make progress in your life. But I come here today to rebuke the spirit of frustration, to rebuke the aggravation, to rebuke the devastation off of your life and tell you in the name of Jesus, you will go free and you will make progress in Jesus' name. Progress defined is moving forward, moving onward, moving toward a destination. Destination comes from the same family of words as destiny. Your destiny has a destination. Your destiny is not somewhere out in the future. Your destiny is every day that you live on your way to the destination. Joseph was living out his destination when he was in the pit. He was living out his destination when he was in prison. But his destination wasn't the pit or the prison. His destination was the palace. But every day, yeah, I just need to tell somebody, it may not look like what you've seen in the Spirit. It may not look like that destination right now. But I want to tell you today that you're fulfilling your destiny. And on your way, there may be some pits and there might be some prisons. But by the grace of God, you can come out of it and pursue what God has ordained for your life. You got to start stop thinking small and start thinking large. Just pull up to the Holy Spirit booth and say, supersize it. It'll cost you a little more, but it'll be worth it, baby. <laughs> just supersize it. Your situation will change when your attitude changes. I just said something. I said your situation will change when your attitude changes. You've got to believe, you've got to see yourself making progress. As long as you see yourself broke, sick, busted, disgusted, small and nothing changing, you'll have exactly what you think. Amen? But your attitude is the key that unlocks the prison door to your cage. And when your attitude changes, you may still be in the cage. But I promise you, the moment that your attitude changes and you begin to think large and in charge, it won't be long until you'll be coming out of that cage, baby, because your attitude will unlock that door and you will come out in the name of Jesus. Paul wrote to young Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, and and he said, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of hands by the elders. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. He said, Timothy, I know it may look like you're in a bad situation. I know it may look like you're limited right now, but I just want you to know that prophecy was given to you. Your future was prophesied to you. And it doesn't look like it right now, but he said, that's the will of God for your life. It's not the will of God for you to be a young boy that doesn't know anything that's ignorant that don't go anywhere in life and and stay right here and nobody knows your name but he said it was prophesied to you and he said out in God wants that you to make progress that it may be evident to everyone God wants you to make progress today so that everybody can see your progress. God wants it to be evident today to that you are making progress in your life. Amen. Have you ever noticed that the enemy will come and he will he will try to bring you down and make you think that there is no way that you can make progress? But let me let me just warn you that when you start making progress, there will be haters. I just gotta tell it like it is. Folks, folks will hate you whenever you start making progress. Now, they're too lazy to do anything themselves. They They want to stay in the cage. They don't want to pursue. But they want what you've got without doing what you've done to get it. And haters will arise. But just let them hate on you. Let them eat hater tots. Let them eat hater chips. And let them drink hater aid. But don't let them stop you from making progress. Did you hear me? I said, don't let them stop you from making progress. Just tell them, keep on looking at me, baby. Keep on watching me. Because God has called me to make progress in my life. And I'm going to fulfill my purpose in the name of the Lord. The fourth thing that is so dangerous about being in a cage is this fact of losing your vision. After some time, the lion sees only in this eight by eight cage, all he sees is a vision of limitation. Inside the cage, all he sees is the bars and the limits on his life that says you will never be free. The cage causes you to lose your vision and all you can see is the limitations of your life and not what God has ordained for your life. A cage Christian loses their vision and becomes no threat to the enemy. You must have lived out Outside of the cage. To be able to maintain a fresh vision. You've got to go and live outside of the box. You've got to refuse to conform. You've got to attempt the impossible. You've got to believe there is something greater than this for my life. Amen. A lion has a vision that is six times greater than a man. It also, its pupils dilate three times quicker than a man's does. That means a lion can see a greater distance into the future than what a man can. And he can also see in the dark. And God said, Israel, I've called you to be a lion. I've called you to see further than what others see. I've called you so that you're not living life according to today, but you know what's going to happen in your future. You can see greater distances because I have called you and anointed you to be a lion. I want to be able to see what others cannot see. I want to be able to be ahead and know what's ahead and not what has come. Amen. Christians, we we cannot afford to be blind. We cannot afford to be in the darkness. But we've got to have the vision of a lion that can not only see further than what other people can see, but we can also see in the dark. I've watched folks that have been taught the word of God and get in a dark place and they stumble and fall because they can't see in the dark. The cage robs you of night vision. They start saying, how am I going to get out? There's no way out of this. There's no way. I don't see anything better. And they stumble and they fall. John was the same way. He's seen all the miracles of Jesus, right? He's seen all the supernatural things that Jesus did, but in the night season of his life. When he was over there in prison, he sent his disciples to Jesus and said, I want you to go ask Jesus, are you the one or should we look for another? He lost his night vision. But I want to tell you, God has given us the ability, no matter how dark the day gets, how no matter how hard, not long the night is, He has given us the supernatural vision that we can see through the darkness and we don't have to stumble and we don't have to fall. We don't have to give in, but we can see further than what the others can see. We can see in the dark. Yes, the days are dark. The Bible said, gross darkness shall come upon the earth, but he said, arise and shine for the light is come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Amen. I want to tell you today, yes, we're living in a world that's in chaos. We're living in a world of uncertainty. We're living in a world when even great United States of America is rocking and reeling. I want you to know in this night season, we as Christians don't have to give up our hope, but God has given us a night vision that we can see through the night. We can see into the distance and we know the devil isn't going to win. Oh I'm tired of hearing preachers talk about act like the devil is taking over act like the devil has the upper hand but I want to tell you God never relinquished authority to the devil the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and they that dwell therein the devil's not going to take over nothing the kingdom of God the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God and his Christ we are going to win hallelujah In the natural, it looks like a mess, but in the spirit, I see my way out. In the natural, nothing's moving, nothing's changing. But in the spirit, I see something's moving, something's changing. His, I see his glory. It feels like heaven on earth. I said, something's moving something's changing I see his glory it feels like heaven on earth oh it's not in the natural but I see something's moving and something's changing I see his glory and it feels like heaven right here on the earth praise God I'm here today to tell you that you can't go by what you see in the natural but God can give you a spiritual perception that you can see beyond what others can see the economist can only predict what's going to happen, but God knows what's going to happen. The government can suggest things, but God knows a way out. We've got some have put their trust in horses, others have put theirs in chariots, but I will remember the name of the Lord because he is our strength and our help today. Oh, somebody praise him up in here today. I see our children being saved. I see a better day. (laughs) I said I see a better day. I see a day when the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our God. I see a day when we will operate in the prophetic and the gifts of the spirit. I see a day when the fullness of God and the plan of God and the purpose of God will be fulfilled in the earth. Let me remind you tonight this today my brothers and sisters. We're not leaving here like a bunch of whip pups. We're not leaving here in the bleak of the night, running out of here like there's some kind of rapture situation where whoops, where did they go? But I'm telling you, when we leave, everybody's going to know we're gone for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God shall sound the dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up to be with him in the clouds of glory and so shall we ever be with the Lord in the air I want to tell you he didn't come and do it in a back corner he didn't die in a back corner but he died publicly and when he returns it's going to be a public return and everybody's gonna know that we're gone hallelujah every once in a while we'll take trips to different countries and uh i've checked on it before but i just think to a place where i can fly first class Go into Africa, and you know, it's a pretty good little flight over there. And here I am back there cramped up in a corner, eating peanuts. And I can see up there in the first class. They told us, they said, now, don't go up there for nothing. Don't go up there for anything. But all of us ragtags, the bathrooms were full. So I slipped up there in the first class bathroom. I didn't get none of the food, Jimmy. I'm back eating peanuts. They back there eating steak. I looked up there in the middle of the night. I seen I didn't see no heads. And I looked up there in the middle of the night and they didn't see no heads. And I, I got up and act like I was stretching and look up there. And them jokers laying down sleeping. Their bed, they're 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 Uh, chairs recline and they lay down and they sleep and they get up here I am red eyed (laughs) looking a mess whenever we get off that plane there they are oh isn't this a great oh shut up (laughs) I haven't got there but I ain't gonna give up someday flying to Africa in first class What are you saying? I'm telling you, you may have not got there yet, but don't give up on it. I said, don't give up on it. Keep on pushing. Keep on believing. Keep on daring. Keep on saying, God, I trust you. And I believe that this thing is going to come to pass in my life. Lastly, the great cost of the cage is to lose the fruitfulness and fertility. When a lion is in a cage by himself, He becomes barren. The enemy wants to keep you barren. He wants to keep you in a dry place. A place where there's no joy. A place, a barren place where you cannot produce in a cage. You cannot make a deposit in the next generation in a cage. But the enemy wants to keep you in this cage, this confined place, so that you are not able to reproduce, so that you are not able to be fruitful in your life. But I want to tell you today that God wants you to be fruitful. He wants you to multiply. He wants to bless the work of your hands. He wants you to be blessed. And He wants to see that blessing in your life be fulfilled. In Psalms 113 and verse 9, it says, He gives the barren woman a family, making her a happy mother. There ain't nothing better than a happy mother. He said he gives a barren woman a family making her a happy mother. And then he, he he ends it up by saying praise the Lord. I want to make a face statement over you today. I want us to make face statements here today. And I want you to repeat this after me. You ready? I want you to say with me, I will have mobility. I will be a person of progress. I will pursue. I will have vision. I will be fruitful. In Jesus' name. Come on and give him praise for that today. I'm about ready to close. But David said he gives the barren woman a family. And she will praise the Lord. Sometimes you all you need to do is get out of the to get out of the cage is to praise the Lord. Praise Him for what He has already done. This word praise means to boast in the Lord. It means to praise the Lord. It means to be calamorously foolish. Amen. It means to boast in what God has already done. And sometimes for us to get out of the cage, all we need to do is praise the Lord, bless him because he's been good to us. Oh, I remember when I was in a horrible pit, but he delivered me. I remember whenever I was sick and he healed my body. I remember the sorrow that came in the midst of the night, but he brought joy in my morning. I remember that God is good. And even though troubles really do come, I know today that He. He is a faithful God and so therefore I'll stand in this place and I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise will continually be in my mouth I know that I may feel like I'm in a cage right now but I'm about to come up out of this cage because the God in me is greater than the bondage that is against me and I'm going to testify of his goodness I'm going to give him the praise I'm going to give him the glory because he's already been too good to me To stay depressed. I'm coming up out of this in the name of Jesus. Oh, somebody God's been good to. Why don't you give him a praise in here today? Somebody open your mouth and bless the Lord. Give him glory. Give him honor. Give him praise. Because if it had not been for the Lord on your side, your enemy would have already devoured you. But you being here today is a testimony against the devil that if he could have killed you, he would have. you're still here today baby because of the mercy of God because of the grace of God he has given you the victory to overcome oh come on and shout his name come on and give him praise right here a moment hallelujah because I know darkness can only endure for the night I ain't always been in this cage (laughs) I haven't always been where I am and neither will I remain here I'm hungry for something I said I'm hungry I'm desperate for a thing and I've got to have it I've got to have it I've seen something in the spirit that others may have not seen But I don't see a church half full. I see a church full twice. (laughs) I don't see your son and your daughter bound by drugs and pornography and the mess. I see your children delivered and set free and full of joy and peace in your house and joy in your mind and your heart full of the spirit and the blessing of God. I see a day when the kingdom of God will be established in the earth and take over the seven mountains that determine culture again that God has ordained for us and we relinquish but we're about to take it back in the name of the Lord. I said, I see a day when the victory of God is going to flow like a river into the earth. Amen. And the sons and the daughters of God will rise up and proclaim that God is a good God and everybody will see our progress. Oh, come on and bless him right there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not done, but I got to quit because I refuse to live in a cage. I challenge you to look back over your life and see if God hasn't been good, more, better to you than the hell that has come against you. I challenge you to look back over your life and see if God hasn't been faithful in every circumstance, in every situation to turn it around. Even when I couldn't figure it out. Even when I didn't know what to do. Some days God would look, make me look brilliant by just keeping my mouth shut and standing on the word. Didn't know how it was going to turn out. Didn't know how, didn't know how it was going to happen. But I just stand by night in the house of God. And say, God, I trust you. And I'm coming up out of this. I'm coming up out of this in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know. Maybe somebody here today, faith has risen in your heart. And you say, I'm just going to come up out of this today. Maybe you're here today and you don't know Christ as your personal savior. Or maybe you have felt hedged in. You have felt like I'm living in this cage, pastor. But today, maybe all you can do is just give him some thanks for what He's already done and give him some kind of praise on credit that because you've done that back there I believe you're going to do something for me right here <laughs> hallelujah oh, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place today somebody's going to leave here free today somebody's gonna leave here in power today somebody's gonna dare to open their mouth and proclaim what they've seen in the spirit and say i'm gonna get a hold of it in the name of the lord and i'm gonna receive it in jesus name hallelujah amen you got us a good praise song got us a good praise song all right over where i can hear it all right are you ready to praise the lord today i just want you to bless him today amen let's take let's take four minutes and praise god can you do that i mean look you here you done got all dressed up and looking good done took a shower or i hope you did and came to came to church today can we take four minutes and just give god the best praise of the day can we do that all right, come on, Jeremy, let's do that right now. If you want special prayer, just come on during this time of worship, and we're going to pray that God will break chains off of your life, that cages will be broken. I just feel like faith has risen in this place today, and God's going to do something special for someone this morning. Amen. Come on today. Let's believe God today. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah.